All right, everybody, welcome in after that creepy intro music that we decided to add there. We'll see how many people hate it and see if it sticks or not. I don't know, probably not. Anyway, welcome into the Blue and Orange Football Podcast. I am your host, presented by Blue Wire Hustle. I forgot to say that last week, and I, and I greatly apologize for that. Uh, I am your host, Jacob, over at Rochism13 on Twitter. Joined, as always, by my co-host Isaac over at Isaac10G on Twitter. Uh, you can hit us up at Blue and Orange footballpod at gmail.com if you want to hit us up on the group email so that potentially you can yell at both of us at the same time. Isaac, how are we doing tonight? We're, we're doing well. It's a slow week in the sports world. Um, we've got a breaking announcement for the, the Browns that we're going to talk about today, but otherwise it's going to be a slow week. We're going to digest a, a recent move the Browns had, maybe, maybe talk a couple questions here and there about the draft and get our thoughts and maybe some hypotheticals. Um, but as we gear closer and closer to the NFL draft, how many days away is it now? 15. 15 days, people. Just two weeks and one day away. And we will be uh, discussing that more in depth in the weeks to come. But this week, we've got a big announcement where Clowney is now a Cleveland Brown. I So I was guilty of this. Um And I like, I didn't want to be the guy who did it. And I saw so many people on Twitter say that they would be furious if somebody did it, but I did it anyway. And I called my dad and I said, Hey, Clowney is a brownie. And he was pissed. (laughs) Not by the move, but because I said that. Yeah. Well, you know, you can't not say it. No, like it was there, man. Right. And like, and everybody on Twitter was telling me, the night before, if Clowney signs tomorrow, do not say this. And I was, I will a hundred percent be saying this. And I did. All right. So we all know, um, how I felt when the off season began. I mean, in, in you were in, I think we're, we're, we're pretty al- aligned with me on, on this. I think for both the giants and for the Browns, when it came to your position on, um, Jadavian Clowney, I said at the beginning of the offseason, I wanted absolutely no part of Clowney in Cleveland. We had plenty of options out there. Um, it was clear the Browns were not paying that $15 million plus, which is what those, you know, uh, Trey Hendrickson got. That's, that's what um, uh, Carl Lawson got. You know, these big names, those were the guys that you were looking at. And and that's what they got. And, and it was clear that Andrew Barry had a plan in a, in a figure and he was sticking to that. And, and I, uh, you know, it was the right move. You know, they weren't mortgaging all that cap. And I said, I don't want any part of Jadavian Clowney. Now I said this a couple of weeks ago when we had Jeff Lloyd on the show, um, that I found myself to be a little bit hypocritical when it came to Desha- uh, to Jadavian Clowney, because I said, well, you know, the sack numbers that aren't there, the pass rusher numbers aren't quite there, what you expect with a guy that has that much physical talent. Um, but I didn't realize he grades better in the run than Miles Garrett. You know, he's one of the top graded um, run defenders from the edge. He sets the edge. You are not getting on the outside of Jadavian Clowney. I watched a whole bunch of tape on Jadavian Clowney where, you know, the zone outside runs quite often – your backside edge doesn't get blocked uh, because you know, you're everything's moving the other way. You don't need to block him. Just leave that edge alone. Jadavian Clowney will chase that guy down 
and it will be a loss. I mean, I, on those on those specific run plays, you, you know, and it, which obviously it just depends on the team that you're playing. I went back and I really did this deep dive on Jadavian Clowney. And I said this on Twitter after I had a poll on Monday and I made a short clip video yesterday. And of course I said we would talk about it more here tonight. And I'll say this, if Jadavian Clowney is the guy, I want no part of him. If you are bringing him in to be your number one, to be your edge rusher, edge rusher one, DE one, the he's nine and a half is his career high in a single season on sacks. Like, I mean, that's not, that's not 15 million per number one guy. But when I started thinking about like what it was like last year for miles Garrett, what, what Olivier Vernon, once he finally got healthy, was able to do because of what miles drew on the other side, you bring in tack McKinley. So you talk about Clowney's health or his amount of snaps He's DE2, DE3. Like he's right there with Tack McKinley. They, they've showed some stats. Jadavian Clowney's ability to rush from the inside, from almost like a, a three tech, almost a D tackle position, guard to guard, sort of, is phenomenal. And, and I started thinking about like these hypotheticals, right? So let me throw this one at you and you tell me what you're thinking as an offensive coordinator, an offensive lineman. And I think this is this is the thing when I really thought about it and I brought it all together and, and I and I ran, you know, these schemes in my head. This is really what sold me. This is why I think it's a phenomenal A plus signing because of him as a piece. Not him as an individual player, but him as the piece to this defense, right? So you're an offensive line, or you're or let's say you're the quarterback and you walk up to the line and in your right side of your of your offensive line, you look up right there is Jadavian Clowney right next to him is Miles Garrett. Put those guys on the same side. Are you see? And then Tack McKinley's on the backside. What are you going to do? Try to block him with a tight end because you're going to probably have to press down so that you're, I mean, or you're leaving either Clowney or Garrett single covered next to each other. Don't forget Malik Jackson brought in the pass rushing, rushing D tackle or the pass rushing D tackle. They drafted in the third round last year in Jordan, Jordan Elliott tack McKinley McKinley fires like, you know, something shot out of a cannon. When you put all of those pieces together and you line them up next to each other, it's terrifying in my personal opinion. So like, if you see that you're lining up, you're game planning for that. What are you doing? I mean, yeah. you can't solve every single problem there that's in front of you. You can't. Yeah. Um, you've got to, to address the priority levels. You've got to try to, to take care of probably Miles um, Garrett, of course, number one. Jadavon Clowney, number two, as long as he's on the field and healthy. Um, and, and that's a big your- if, I know. So durability is a big thing with Clowney, right? Yeah, he's he's crazy athlete, uh, but he's not the most durable guy. So does he last the full season for you guys? I don't see it. I really don't. I'm sorry. Um, but the games that he's there, that's an impact. Um, and ten million a year, man, that's not bad. Like eight million guaranteed, and and when you said two months, um, two months for another million dollars each or something like that. But anyway, 10 million for a one year deal on a guy like that, that has the ceiling that he does have. Cause dude, what if he's healthy for 16 games? I mean, right. then, then it's even better. Right. 
And even if he's not healthy for 16 games, for that caliber of a type of player for $10 million, I would have spent it. I mean, why not if you had the room and it's a, just a piece of the puzzle that might help you later down the road um, and alleviate some pressure from Miles Garrett because that's the play, right? It's not to bring in Clowney and have him have all this production. No, it's to bring him in so Miles Garrett can have all this pr- production. That's the play. And I, everybody knows that. Right. And if you, if it's a person saying that, no, they brought in Clowney cause he's going to be, you know, a 10 plus sack. No, like that, that's not why he's there. He's there for a grand scheme of things, a bigger part of the picture. Um, so what do you do? You can't do a whole lot, right? <laughs> yeah. you, you can't do a whole lot. So if you're passport, if you're, you're passing, guess what? Your running back has got to be there for pass protection. You've got to bring in extra tight ends for pass protection. Um, those things, because like you said, there's two threats now on the defensive line right beside each other. You've got other defensive personnel that's going to be coming in for the pass rush. It's going to be tough to stop. Um, you can slow it down probably, but you can't mitigate the whole issue um, completely. At least that's my take on it. Yeah, no, and I, I'm 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 with you 100% on it. And and when you come to the durability issues thing, I think the for me, like do I see envision him 16 or 17 games uh this year? Probably not. No, I'm not I'm not, you know, but you've seen in most of his seasons, he's been in the league uh 7 years. And of course he had that injury his rookie year and then last year he had the injury. Prior to that in the other five seasons, he played in at least 13 games. So for me, I'm going with 13. That's where I'm ballparking. You know, something's going to, and, and a lot of guys don't play 16 games. So I'm not like freaking out about that number, but like you talked about, uh, you know, it's scary when he's out there. If you can get those 16 games, it, it, it you know, it's even better, but that tack McKinley element is what makes me even more excited about it because he doesn't have to play 100% of pass rushing snaps. You know, he can come out and Tack McKinley go in, you know, and, and they can slide, you know, and they can even put Sheldon Richardson out there and put Miles Garrett and uh, uh, Jadavian Clowney at the D tackle positions. Like, I mean, I, the thing that gets me excited about this is the thing, the mo- thing that excites me about this the most is that last year we looked at the personnel or rather the lack of personnel that Joe Woods had. And it's just like, what could you, what could he do? You, it was so many very vanilla plain looking looks and defenses because he couldn't, he, he didn't have versatility. I think this signing, when it goes with everything else, the John Johnson, the Troy Hill, the Tack McKinley, the Malik Jackson, all of these moves it makes this defense like like to me cleveland's a top 5 team now mm-hmm. and it's not i'm not saying that they weren't 7 or 8 before clowning clowning didn't take them from 15 to 5 anybody that's acting like that is 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 wrong i'm just talking about the top to the bottom the versatility thing like cleveland is a legitimate super bowl contender um i'm not going to act like they're not my, I'm sure that an asteroid hits Earth before the fall, before we can ever see any of this come to fruition. So they will only ever be Super Bowl contenders on paper because the world will end. I promise something's going to happen. There's no way we can enjoy this enjoyment for much longer. So that said, 
That's all I have on Clowny. 10, 15 minutes. I knew that's where we would be on the Clowny thing. Mm-hmm. I want to talk to you about something that I just thought about. I want to get your opinion on this sort of thing. <sighs> you um, have experienced much more success with the New York Giants than I have with the Browns. We've I've had a little bit, you know, of runs. In by runs, I mean like a couple of good individual seasons isolated by <laughs> poor play outside of it. So I've seen a lot of these people on Twitter and um I've seen it from a couple of there's a couple of different things I want to I want to talk about and address. But I want to ask about this first. A lot of people are all over the Browns fans for being excited this offseason. Um, of course, you're going to get the, the Ravens and the Steelers fans that continue to call us a poverty franchise. That's fine. We'll see you guys in the fall when we take the division. I don't care. I'm not worried about them because they're always going to be trash talkers, which is fine because I'm always going to trash talk them. That's fine. We're always going to trash talk Dave Gettleman, and we're always going to trash talk the Cowboys. It's what we do here, okay? So welcome. You thought I wasn't going to let that happen, but I did. I made it happen tonight. So what is it with this fascination that if the Browns make a good move, it's stupid. Like I'm seeing all these things that's like all these moves. They're like, yeah, he's a legit player. Too bad he went to the Browns. But I'm like, but I'm like, I'm really confused. What is this? Is it because of the history that people can't let it go? And why can't people let us enjoy ourselves for once? That's, that's, that's a hundred percent what it is. It's the history. And it's not that they're not trying to let you enjoy it. It's just, I think in their mind, it's, well, that's a good Browns point. The Browns. get them, but now the Browns have it. And it's like, uh, that, it's not supposed to happen. I think that's all it is. I'm with them. It, it's not supposed to happen. It's been a weird year for me. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think that's the trance that everybody's in and, you know, let the haters hate and enjoy and revel in it. That's all that matters, man. That's all that matters. That, you know, and that's fine with me. It, it's just, I, I'm like, I don't know. I just, okay. I wanted, I wanted someone the, else's perspective. It's the same thing with the giants beating the Patriots twice in the Super Bowl, Right. I mean, because both times the Giants were the underdogs. They were, the Giants were the people that shouldn't win the game. They were the team that shouldn't win the game, and they did. And then it was all, you won by luck. It was a miracle. I mean, that game was given to you. You know what? If it was lucky, if the game was given to us, you know, whatever, it's still a win. It was still a Super Bowl. So, You know, the thing that I can't, the thing that I can't with anybody, any fan anywhere is the, oh, we gave it to you. We would have lost that game to anybody. So you're telling me, hold on. You're telling me that those professional athletes out there that are paid every bit as much as the professional athletes they're playing against on the other side. were like, you know what? I think I'm going to give you this game, guys. I'm going to give you this Super Bowl. Yeah. Yep. Okay. <laughs> it's so that's what I saw today from Steelers fans because I I was really excited about this off season because I'm not really an internet troll. Uh, our good friend from high school, Jerry Dixon, is the king of the internet trolls. Yeah. And he, was, he is still an internet troll, and we love him for it. Not really. It's annoying. But anyway, I'm not really an internet troll. 
I did go around sending a bunch of pictures of Ben Roethlisberger crying after that playoff game. I did it for like a week. That was like the most, the closest I ever got to an internet troll. But I saw some guys today that like these Steelers fans that are still like, oh, they'll be like, you can, oh, of course, you're only clean, you one playoff when you're clinging to that one game. And it's like, that's the last game. You always say, don't live in the past. Like, cause like, well, I'll say, well, the you game know, that mattered the most. Right. So why wouldn't you? And, I and I always hear from them don't live in the past because you talk about like the Browns won some championships in the 50s and in the 40s and like and then in the 70s and the 80s they were in you know in AFC championships games and I don't I'm told not to live in the past they're not okay well so now I'm trying to to live in the exact most recent game that has played between the 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 Browns and the Steelers and then I saw today I saw today Oh, we gave you that game. Six turnovers. We would have lost to anybody. But let me remind you, you didn't lose to anybody. You lost to the Browns in Cleveland without their head coach, with two practices in three weeks. The, the argument is, you know, the argument of, well, we turned the ball over six times. We gave it to you. N- no, actually, <laughs> you didn't give it to anybody. You turned the ball over because you sucked. <laughs> it's, it's all there is. There's no other reason. You Sorry. sucked that night. It was terrible. You didn't show up and you got sent home. So I was talking to a buddy of mine. It's a, a Bengals fan. And I think legitimately that the Bengals have um, – I mean, they have a better quarterback than Pittsburgh until I see it. Like, like I thought Pittsburgh would be bad this year until I see it because Pittsburgh just being consistent for so long and it's so infuriating. But until I see them only win five or six games, I won't believe it. I, I so I always just like pencil them in at like eight and, and now eight wins is not even 500. It'll be eight and nine. That I'm not ready for the um, records to be uneven. Um, I know what people's win loss records are. If you win 10 games, I know you have six losses and now it's 10 and seven. I think the Browns early season, uh, uh, a pick right now here. And now the Browns will win 12 games this year. Um, Baker Mayfield will be top five in the MVP all year. I promise. That's where we're at. Taking it to the bank already, huh? I'm taking it to the bank. We don't, if you guys can't tell, um, tonight is a show where we are had one thing to talk about, decided we would just talk about a couple of other things. Just winging it. And it's still a nice change of pace. It's it's good to talk about football. You know, it's been a busy week for me and a lot of things going on outside of the podcast world. So it's nice to, you know, pump the brakes a little bit on the real life, talk about some football, talk about Clowny the Brownie. And there it is, you know, and that Evan Ingram can't catch cold. So oh, shit. You thought we was going to let you guys out with that one of those. Just snuck that right in there. Huh? No, I mean, it's yeah. Yeah. We've had a dry spell and a, uh, not as crazy week in the off season for the NFL, but there's still things to look forward to. I mean, the Browns are looking up, the giants are looking up. You picked up a good player. We've got the draft in two weeks and one day. A um, lot of speculation of what's going on with that. I hear, you know, the Giants are still pretty hot and heavy on Devontae Smith. So you can so, see 
Go ahead. Is there is there a player at 11? And I'm not sure like what the board is from one through 10 in this scenario. Right. So let's leave like pretty, like obviously the, I think the top four quarterbacks, I could see five quarterbacks going in the top 10, which would be ridiculous. We've seen it before, but it would be ridiculous to see it again. Um, I'm not sure where Mac Jones goes. It's all about, for there to be five quarter, like I know this Mac Jones to the 49ers thing, but they just say it can't be real, man. I just, God, I hope it's not real. Uh, well, you know what? If it is real, 49ers fans, I will tell you right here and right now that I know what you're about to suffer through because I'm a Browns fan and I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. So, so if, 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 if the, if the Falcons don't take Trey Lance, then probably only four quarterbacks go. But I think they do tra- take Trey Lance. I think Mac Jones ends up going somewhere like Denver, unless Denver moves up and takes Trey Lance. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. So is there a situation where whatever the way the draft falls, one through 10, where when the Giants get on the clock, that you're mad? Because like there's going to be a lot of really good players. Like I've seen them take Rashawn Slater, uh, the tackle from Northwestern. I saw one crazy draft where Penny Sewell falls to them. And I'm going to tell you right now, if Penny Sewell falls to 11 and Dave Gettleman doesn't take him. I don't, I understand that Andrew Thomas might be your left tackle. Solder might be your left tackle. Penny Sewell should be the first lineman easily. He should go five, maybe even four. The kid is ridiculous. He's a mountain. You can't move him. You should be fired if you need offensive line help and he is on the board and you don't take him. So you're sitting at 11. Is there a situation where Gettleman picks, I don't know who, that makes you mad? Or is it just degrees of how happy you will be on a scale of 1 to 10? Um, I'm, I'm like trying to think of somebody off my top of my head. Like I feel like if they took a corner, you'd be okay there. Um, look, honestly, I think I might be the most disgruntled. I'm going to use disgruntled. Okay. I don't know if I'd be necessarily mad, mm-hmm. but I would be like, what's the point, right? I think that if they use that 11th pick to draft a wide receiver, I'm going to be disgruntled. And the reason I say that is because you just spent a ton of money and moves in free agency to fix that position. So why spend all the money to draft seemingly a wide receiver that you have high confidence in? I'm not saying Devontae Smith or Jalen Waddle. Waddle, however you say it. Um, I think it's Waddle. Waddle. Like, like, a, like a duck, I think. Is not worth an 11th pick because I'm not saying that. They they are. They're, they're talented. They're great receivers. But in the Giants' perspective, it's not now – the number one overall need, right? I would be, I'd probably be happier with them taking even Kyle Pitts, even though they just took a, picked up Kyle Rudolph and they still have Evan Ingram. I don't know because Kyle Rudolph's not going to be there forever. Forever, Evan Ingram struggles. I mean, those two are the two positions that I would be like, no, hold on. Why are we spending money to just draft it? High in the draft, that is. I think that the Giants could fall back and pick up a good wide receiver later down in the second, third, whatever they want to do. There's so many wide receivers in this draft class. So those are my, those are my one, two that I would just be like, really? 
Like, what was the point? Um, mm-hmm. I agree with you. If that tackle falls to 11, you're stupid not to pick him up. Um, I'd be happy with cornerback. I'd be happy with a lot of the things that we specifically need. But skill positions, spent a bunch of money on that the past couple of weeks. Not sure that's the best route to draft. But who am I? I'm not a GM. I will surely complain about it night of draft. And uh, <laughs> we'll see what happens. I think let me venture out here on a limb and let's see if you agree with me on this one. I would be willing to venture that if it is skill position based on the way the roster is constructed, that if it's skill position, it should be Kyle Pitts. Otherwise, like, because, because you don't, because yeah, you, you add Kyle Rudolph he is um he can still play but he's in his 30s uh evan ingram we know can't catch a cold um but you don't have a ton of money wrapped up there kind of like you talked about you bring in you know kenny galladay who i think is phenomenal is going to have a great season on there it's really going to be do or die for danny dimes because he's going to have that that talent there but if i still think you can bring in kyle pitts as the future, I'm not saying that's what you do, but I'm saying if it's me, in my opinion, if you go skill position, is he the only one you're okay with, or or do you like, just you want to go somewhere else? Look, you know that's the thing. That's why I use disgruntled, right? Because I don't think I'd be mad um, because there's so many talented and great players that could be there at 11, right? So if you take Devontae Smith and you pair him with Kenny Galladay, then you've got two incredible receivers that are physical um, threats and they can stretch the field like Devontae Smith can stretch the field like nobody's business. Um, And just his sure size and speed, um, super tall that is. But like you said, Kyle Pitts, I see it. I can see where maybe they make that stretch and they go with him with Kyle Rudolph being in his 30s, with Evan Ingram struggling. I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, I don't think that I'm going to be visibly upset like I was, honestly, when they drafted Daniel Jones. Um, we were all, who in the world is Daniel Jones? Um, it, it's going to be interesting. It, it's I've read a lot of things where Dave Gettleman is high on Devontae Smith, like I said. So I wouldn't be surprised if you hear that name called um, at 11. I don't think we need to call it, but I've seen crazier things happen. Yeah, and and it's not to say, and I don't think either one of us are saying that that's a bad pick, like you said. It's just, it feels like, like it feels really weird to spend all this time and this capital uh, on bringing these guys in, like the the Galladay move, you bring in Kyle Rudolph to, you know, shore up that sort of thing. I think that, like, yeah, Solder comes back. We don't know what's going to happen with their tackles. Um, maybe you trade back because you want to go guard and you don't want to go guard that high. I, I don't know. I think you go corner because the Adoree Jackson thing, I think he'll be fine if he's healthy, but I worry about his health. And the fact of the matter is you can never have too many corners period. We saw that issue with the Cleveland Browns starting Robert Jackson in a playoff game. It happens, you know, that's why, like, I think in the first, the Browns have four picks on the first two days. They have picks 89 and 91 in the third round. 
I think the Browns will draft two corners in the first 100 picks. I mean, that's where they're. That's where this roster is at. I still think they draft an edge rusher. I still think Joseph Asaizen play at 26. I think Cleveland's draft just got a million times more exciting uh, for me because they just. I mean, uh, edge start the only starting position because you got troy hill he's probably your nickel he can also play outside outside corner is the only starting position in any way shape or form that you have you know question marks you have other question marks about how durable and and how productive will Clowney be but you know he's there you know him and tack mckinley are there they're they're penciled in they're going to be those guys to what level we don't know um but yeah i i mean i was just it's one of those things where you're sitting at 11. I think you're in a really good spot because I think a lot of the like weird choices you have to make between like Waddle and Smith and Pitts and I mean, they could all be gone. You could not, Dave Gettleman's hand could be forced because three wide receivers go. I mean, Jamar Chase, Waddle, and Smith right there at the top at the wide receiver. It's every bit of a good top, best, uh, Every bit bit of a like top three at a position that we've ever seen. They're every good as as any other three trio coming out. But I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think the draft's got uh, a lot of nuances to it. Um, if I saw this online and I wanted to echo it, that um, the signing of Jadavian Clowney does not tr- change the Browns' draft plans at all. I think they've known all all along he was coming. He said that when he visited back in March, about a week or so after he was there, he knew that's where he was going. He was going to go to Cleveland. He was going to sign in Cleveland. We talked about the knee injury uh, clearing up. That was that was the hurdle today. He came in. He uh, took a physical, passed his physical. He's a Brown. That's how it works. That's how we thought it was going to work. Uh, a lot of people said that it was mid-April by the time we would be seeing his knee healthy, and that's where we are. So – um, kind of to wrap things up, I mean, we're pushing the nightlight and, um, you know, we're not as young as we once were on this, this night, <laughs> pushing at the ends, ends of the thing. Um, is there outside of quarterbacks? Well, no, I'll say that. What do you? We know there's going to be a surprise, right? There's going to be a surprise. To you, is there one that you can see coming, like the Mac Jones, potentially the San Francisco? Is there a guy that all of a sudden you've heard talked about lately? And I'll give you an example. I'll give you mine here in a second. You know, that has all of a sudden he's come out of nowhere. And you're trying to figure out, like, we didn't – like. Somebody's going to overdraft somebody, and I'll give you a couple of examples where because because of these pro days, right? That's what I was trying to get at. I couldn't think of the the word because of these pro days, these testing, right? They're they're testing at these as these physical freaks, and it's all of a sudden. I'll give you mine. Mine's Jason Owe, the the defensive end from Penn State. I don't like him as an NFL prospect in the first round you look at like his 40s and his verts and his in his um, broad jumps and all these things he's a physical monster but he's an edge rusher 
uh, for Penn State. Last year, uh, myself and Jason Oway had the same amount of sacks. Okay. So, and I know like, and I, and I'm, and I preface this and I'm going to say it anyway. I know I'm going to get backlash with, well, but you like the Jadavian Clowney move and he had zero sacks last year. Jadavian Clowney has over 30 sacks in the NFL. He's done it in the NFL. He can sack the quarterback. Jason Owe had zero sacks in college in the Big Ten. And you want me to believe that I should spend a first round pick on an edge rusher that didn't have didn't sack a quarterback last year. Like, I get he's a physical freak and you can develop him, but like to me, I like he's he's the physical freak that's jumped out on tape from these pro days to me that you should avoid because you should trust your scouting and your instincts when you look at the tape and the product productivity is not there. Is there anybody that jumps off to you like that? Are are you one of those guys that's like me? Maybe Mac Jones is that guy for you? Is there a guy that's been linked, to, or is there a guy that's been linked to the Giants where you're like, ah, oh, please? Please don't draft him. <laughs> you know, you know, I don't know. I don't really get too big into pro days, um, and the reason is, is that's it, the right pro, thing to do. <laughs> pro days are not game days, right? Yep. So y- you can look great on a pro day. You can look top notch. It's like a job interview, right? You say the best things on a pro day. You say the best things in a, a job interview, but then you look at performance. And just like the ta- the defensive end that you're talking about, um, no sacks during a season in the Big Ten, not a good thing, man. Not a good resume builder. So yeah, Mac Jones may be that in that into that category. But to be honest with you, I don't get caught up on the pro days. Um, seen some people jump. Um, I can't remember his name. Uh, he's a uh, offensive lineman out of Wisconsin, a branch campus of Wisconsin, I believe. Wisconsin Whitewater, yeah, yeah. Um, that's a guy that's been jumping. Now I, I think, can't pronounce his name, so I'm not going to butcher it. Yeah, I think uh, I think that guy that that guy is jumping for a good reason. Uh, but you know, we'll see. Like I said, I don't get too wrapped up into pro days. Um, I pay attention to mainly game tape and things like that. Hopefully teams do because, for example, Justin Fields has had great pro days, but we've seen him struggle in some big games, right? So does a pro day outweigh his game day experience? You know, we both like Justin Fields. I mean, I hope them the best, things like that. But, you know, that's my two cents. Yeah. Well, you know, I think that's that's probably the best place for us to stop. Um, I think – we're, we're trying to get some things set up for, for uh, an action-packed episode uh, two weeks from tonight, the night prior to the draft. We're going to try to get another Browns guy and another Giants guy in here. Um, I'm working on those so that we can do another mock and we can just kind of break down the whole draft cycle going on from that. So, yeah, I mean, that's all we got for you guys uh, this week. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode, and we'll talk to you guys next week.